In today's episode, we continue to discuss what we started last week with some areas of payroll compliance that you need to know about. You may have heard the term ministerial exception, but do you actually know what it means and how it applies to your church? Whether you do or you don't, let's get to it. Hello, hello, and welcome to the Bookkeeping with a Purpose podcast. My name is Michelle Brown, and I'm an enrolled agent and church finance consultant, and I love all things Jesus, church finances, business, and books. In this podcast, we're going to discuss the ins and outs of church finances and minister taxes, along with how to serve the local church as either a staff member, volunteer, or through your own bookkeeping business, all while keeping Jesus at the center of everything you do. So grab your notebook and pen to take some notes because we're going to learn all kinds of stuff. So if this sounds like fun to you, then come on, let's get ready to learn. Hi, I'm Michelle, and this is the Bookkeeping with a Purpose podcast, where we discuss the business side of the local church. This is episode number 40, and today's episode, we're going to to continue the discussion of highlights from a recent church finance cohort session that I attended, and we'll be discussing the ministerial exception. But first, here's our episode quote from Dave Barry, who is a Pulitzer Prize winning columnist best known for satirical essays and books that approach serious subjects. Not somebody I normally read. Actually, I've never read his stuff, but I thought the quote was funny. He says, we'll try to cooperate fully with the IRS because as citizens, we feel a strong patriotic duty not to go to jail. (laughs) I just thought that was funny. Okay, so grab your notebook and pen to take some notes and let's go learn something cool. So as I stated last week, I want to reiterate by saying that my intent is never ever to make you feel bad if you discover you've been doing things incorrectly. The fact that you are listening to these podcast episodes shows your desire to learn to do things right and that's what it's all about, okay? So continuing on with some highlights from the payroll session of a recent gathering I attended, we're going to discuss the ministerial exception today and how that applies to your church employees. Some of the following is from the notes that I took during the session, and some of it is from additional research that I did for this episode, and I hope this is helpful to you. So this is a direct quote um, on the definition of the ministerial exception. It is a legal doctrine that exempts a religious organization and churches from certain employment laws. This exception is based on the First Amendment's guarantee of religious freedom, and it recognizes that government intervention in ministerial employment decisions could be a violation of this right. So under the ministerial exception, certain laws such as anti-discrimination laws for race, age, disability, pregnancy, sex, color, etc., as well as the FMLA, which is the Family Medical Leave Act, and the FLSA, the Fair Labor Standards Act, They may not apply to ministers or other employees who perform religious functions. This means that churches have different legal obligations towards ministers than towards non-ministerial employees. Now, because of the ministerial exception, there are no federal and some state employment laws that apply to ministers and others who meet the guidelines. And remember, our definition of a minister is someone who is licensed, ordained, or commissioned um, to do the work of ministry and are actively serving in the work of ministry, all right? So those who meet the ministerial exception are not subject to minimum wage or overtime rules. You may be asking who else besides your pastors meet this exception. Here were some possibilities that were discussed in the meeting. Always do your own research to make sure the guidelines are met, but some of them 
Um, because they are essential to the spiritual growth of the church members and education minister may meet this qualification, music directors, youth ministers, children's ministers, um, and some others. So now let's talk about the qualification, excuse me, qualifications for the exception, all right? The Supreme Court, gotta love the U.S. Supreme Court, they refuse to create a specific test for deciding if the ministerial exception applies or not. However, it has mentioned the following factors to consider. All right. So number one, if the employee has a formal religious title, like pastor, minister, clergy, bishop, okay, um, the significance of the formal religious title, um, you know, go with that one, um, how the employee used the formal religious title and the religious functions the employee performed at work. All right. So to put this in practical terms, you need to look at the job descriptions for each individual employee, including their spiritual duties and responsibilities. What is their education? Are they responsible for teaching in the church? What is recorded in their performance review? And yes, you do need to be doing performance reviews for your employees, especially your ministers. So which means that the maintenance guy does not meet the exception. The finance administrator does not meet the exception. The church secretary does not meet the ministerial exception. These individuals can be on salary, but there are different guidelines to be followed that we will discuss next week. All right, so to sum it up, what's the big deal with qualifying for the ministerial exception? This means that those who qualify can work as many hours as needed without being subject to overtime and minimum wage laws. Can you imagine a pastor who, in between writing his sermon, doing hospital visits and nursing home visits and evangelism calls and time he spent in preparing his sermon, can you imagine all the hours that these individuals actually put in being your pastor, trying to track those hours and then having to pay him regular salary and then overtime pay? Every single minister who is doing their job the way they're supposed to be would be getting a big whopper of overtime pay every single week, and no church could do that, okay? So in addition to not being subject to overtime and minimum wage laws, they also cannot sue the church based upon anti-discrimination laws and other federal employment laws. So this means that you know, churches have the right, if they don't want to hire a woman as a pastor, they don't have to. And she cannot sue the church for discrimination for not hiring based upon her sex because she's a female. Okay. Um, obviously, you know, there are, in the general sector, you can't discriminate against someone based upon their religion. Um you know, you don't want, if you have, say, a uh, Pentecostal church, if a very, very conservative, um, fundamental Baptist pastor um, applies to be their pastor, okay, their, their religious beliefs don't connect. They don't coincide with each other. Again, that pastor cannot sue that church based upon discrimination of religion, okay? So that's what that means. So keep in mind that this does not apply to all church employees, 
but only those who qualify based upon the Supreme Court adoption of the ministerial exception, which was done in not too long ago, just in 2012. Um, it was in the court case titled Hosanna Tabor Evangelical Lutheran Church. <laughs> Say that fast five times. And school versus the EEOC when it held that the doctrine limited the scope of certain employment discrimination laws. All right. So this is different than other individuals being on salary, which we'll talk about next week. But basically, this just says, you know, that there are certain individuals, in addition to your senior pastor, that can meet the ministerial exception. But of course, you need to do your research and you need to base these decisions upon what is their formal religious title, the significance of that title, how the employee uses that title, and the religious functions that they actually perform. So job descriptions are very, very important. I know a lot of churches don't have official job descriptions for their employees. You need to have one, okay? That's something that you definitely need to work on. All right, and that's gonna wrap up another episode. As always, thank you so much for joining me today. I hope that you learned something that you feel will help you to become the best that you can be for your church. Be sure to tune in next time for more valuable insights to help you take care of the business side of the church. And until next time, my friend, let's all strive to make an impact and not just an income. Take care and remember to always look your best, do your best, and be your best. Talk to you soon. Bye-bye. Thanks again for listening to today's episode. If you learned something new or inspired in any way, please do me a huge Omongo favor and leave me a fantastic five-star review on Apple Podcasts. It really does help more people to find the show and it just blesses me more than you know. And then if you could share this episode with someone who you think it would help, that would be awesome as well. So until next time, be blessed, my friend.